Hey everyone, Sean and Dave here from Saturday Morning Cartoons. We cannot start this week's show, absolutely cannot start this week's show, until we thank the following people who went to Patreon.com to sponsor this show. Derek Haynes. Alex Kazanis. Jack Connolly. Jonathan Renteria Elie. Bill Dixon. The wonderful Melanie Harker. Dr. Jason Woods. Oh, the fantastic Allison Keene. The alright Jamal Newman. The so-so John Helter. Battle Matt Fitness. The wonderful David Trumbor. And the one and only Sean Paul Ellis. Hey, out there, if you guys want to be on this list or just want to know what's coming up next week on the show, check out patreon.com slash Saturday Morning Cartoons for more details. And remember, that's morning with a U. Thank you so much for sponsoring us. Thank you so much for listening. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you from Gummy Glen, I'll be your co-ranger, Dave Trumbor. Joining me as always, and he's all hopped up on gummy berry juice, it's Sean Paul Ellis. How's it going there, Bouncy? Ah, uh, David, 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 I'm doing well, buddy. How about yourself? You don't sound super hopped up on it right now. You oh, sound... what do you mean? I'm real hopped up. I'm you real... ready to go? Hold on. I, I, how should I, how do you think I should sound after having drank a whole bunch of gummy berry juice well the first thing that should happen is you should have this weird disconnected boing boing sound that just <laughs> comes from out of nowhere to to indicate that your powers are now activated <laughs> for starters oh uh, that didn't that didn't queue up i am gonna add that in post. you can add that in post that'd be amazing yeah i can um and then i just have to add that sound wait for it oh, to show that my was. powers are now okay. gone there now it is boom did powers it due to boing boing. did it it's the same sound that I have whenever my Bluetooth connects. So it's kind of, am I connected to Bluetooth wireless speaker, or do I have my gummy berry juice powers activated? It's a t- I should probably change one of the two sounds. <laughs> you really want to make it a distinct sound. In that dashboard. <laughs> Jeez. But oh, it's man. a good thing. I don't really know too much about gummy berry juice tonight, but we do have an expert uh, in the, the potion on, ju- on juice? We got a juice expert uh, specializing in gummy berry juice with us tonight. Dr. Gummy Berry Juice herself, I guess. Alison Keene. Hi, survivor of the gummy wars. Oh, wow. That's how I like oh. to introduce myself. Thank you for your service. Um, Thank you. It's a pleasure. <laughs> I don't, we haven't, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think we've talked to a veteran of the gummy wars on this show. If you were in the gummy wars, you usually don't like to talk about the gummy wars. We usually stay away from it, um, but I don't think we've had any special guests um, who even admitted that they were you know, survivors. There weren't many. There yeah, we tried many. to get somebody from uh, from Amazing Fruit to come on, but uh, they just they didn't make it. They uh, they ended up moving on. Before I'm not that. Even sure what that is. Uh, Amazing is that Fruit gummy. Amazing Fruit the... gummy bears. Oh, is that what they're actually called? Yeah, that's what the well, that's there's like a brand that they have that's called Amazing Fruit. Mm. That was like the that was the gummy bear brand. That's their, that I grew that's up their with. bondage name. That's their name in captivity. <laughs> that's right. From the humans. Their their given name. Oh their my chosen god. Name. Man, I would love to know the mythology of like gum. That almost came out real bad. I would just love to know the mythology of like gummy bears, where they came from, their history. If only there was some like giant, ridiculously sized book of lore and magic that I could like, read and tap into. That would be amazing. <laughs> oh God! And, you know, I, we're giving a lot of love right now to gummy bears, True. but 
This week isn't about just one cartoon because right. we're in our third, our penultimate week of our March Madness with Disney cartoons. And so we obviously have gummy bears stepping into the ring. The challenger this week is Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. I feel super excited for this one, actually. Um, I've been looking forward to this one for a while. Allison and I have just been randomly singing this theme song for a while, even well before we even like scheduled this particular episode. Which one? Because they are both earworms. We'll definitely get into that, right? Yeah, let's save that for the the, the full-on yeah, gummy just, bear discussion. We've got thoughts. But but yeah, but I mean, Chip and Dale, yeah. also a classic theme song, you know? A little less genocide with the Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers than Gummy Bears, so I think maybe that'll knock it down a peg, but yeah. uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see until we score it. Did not expect Gummy Bear Genocide to show up in Disney Madness, but here it is. <laughs> oh, man. Wait until next week and just everybody dies at the end. It's dark, man. It is dark, man. Yeah. Speaking of dark dark times, dark history, Sean, buddy, what do you have for us as far as Rescue Rangers goes? Oh, man. So Rescue Rangers, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, is an American animated adventure comedy television series created by Tad Stone and Alan Zaslov. The series premiered on the Disney Channel on March of 1989 after a preview episode, Catteries Not Included, and was aired also on August 27th of 1988. The series continued in September with a two-hour-long movie special, Rescue Rangers to the Rescue, and the final episode aired in November of 1990. Let me ask you both this. Do you remember... Okay, first of all, do you remember watching Rescue Rangers? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. You guys both watched it. For me, it was weird to see that this, that it started in like 88, 89, 90, because I would have only been between like five and seven years old. You would have been younger than that. I'm sure that I saw it in syndication. Yeah. Surely. I mean, I don't think I saw anything when it actually aired <laughs> originally. And that's, that's what's like tough to, later. yeah, it's hard to remember that too, because we didn't have, I mean, obviously we didn't have things like Netflix or like online accessibility where you could just watch it whenever. So you were just like at the mercy of, whatever's on at this time with whatever channels my parents pay for, which for me wasn't Disney. Or the mercy of just being able to figure out how to actually use a VCR to record stuff from live television. But Rescue Rangers was on, because I very specifically remember Gummy Bears only being available during the Disney Channel preview weekends. Right. But Rescue Rangers, I feel like I've watched on just like regular television. Was it syndicated on a broadcast? I, I don't have that all in front of me, but I'm pretty, I mean, Gummy Bears was heavily like, spread out, syndicated through ABC and all kinds of stuff. So that's why it, it showed up other than just on the Disney block to begin with. As far as Rescue Rangers, yeah, I feel like it did too. Because I remember, I can swear that I watched it in like afternoon blocks yeah. or like weekend blocks. And we didn't have Disney Channel. No, so, no, we didn't either. And the weird thing is, I, I don't know which one of these I watched more of. But I wish I could kind of go back in time and <laughs> figure out when exactly I watched these things. Chip and Dale just seems so much more, I mean, like I remember. Yeah. Things about Chip and Dale so much more than Gummy Bears, though I loved Gummy Bears. I mean, that was one of my favorite shows. Yeah. So it's just sort of, and like you said, uh, Rescue Rangers only had like a year's worth of episodes. Uh, something exactly like I don't have many, it in front of yeah. me, but yeah, not as many as Gummy Bears, I don't think. So it has it has staying power. Well, it's interesting because Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers actually hit our magical number of sixty five episodes, okay. allowing uh, it to go okay. into syndication, and it entered into syndication. Almost within a, a like the same year that it was released. So if it was originally released in 1989, right. it went into syndication in 89, that makes sense, and then, then 
and then from 90 to 93 there were reruns that were on our disney what was it after afternoon lineup that and then it was sense. later on toon disney uh when the channel was launched in like 80 or i'm sorry in 1998 um so i mean this this show has been around for a good portion of the 90s and to your thought, Allison, I definitely remember this on After School, yeah. not on the Disney Channel. Yeah. <clears throat> because I don't think that we had it either. So there there had to have been some way, you know, between that 1990 to 1993 when it was a part of the, the Disney afternoon lineup that I, I, I kind of feel like this was thrown in with, like, Tailspin and a lot it of was, the, the yeah. other contemporaries that were yeah. on at that time, especially – most of the cartoons that we've talked about this month, like I feel like this was right within like that prime goof troop sweet spot of when I was watching a lot of cartoons. After or even school. like Darkwing Duck though too, because that came I think a little bit later, but it, right. it still had that like action kind of feel to it, and it felt more, it definitely more in the vein with like Rescue Rangers, Darkwing Duck, Tailspin, all that kind of action adventure-y kind of slant to the uh, to the story versus something like Goof Troop a little less so. It was more kind of like family comedy. I'm going to have to break down the timeline of the shows that we've watched this yeah. month so that we can do it because I know the Rescue Rangers was 89 and Goof Troop was 92. Right. So, uh, and Bonkers, you know, is just eternally lives it in our never hearts. Existed. So there's nothing, so there's nothing weird. possibly wrong. I don't even know why we talked about it. Yeah, with Bonkers do Bobcat. <laughs> but no, it probably, much like uh, Gummy Bears, which we'll talk about in a second, it probably moved to ABC because ABC was Disney's kind of network, uh, broadcast network. Uh, that it aired a bunch of stuff on, so they could, if they affiliate. had this, syn- yeah, affiliate. So that if they had their <clears throat> syndication deal, they could just run new episodes on Disney, maybe on the weekends, and then run that block <laughs> of the episode you just watched over and over again. Uh, during- <laughs> yeah, they love to do. I have very strong memories of sitting there watching like Tailspin, Sean. Yeah. You saying that that was definitely <clears throat> when it was paired with. I feel like maybe even like Noozles or like something like that was sure, thrown yeah. in there. You know, it was like some kind of, it was a solid block of programming. I just remember watching a lot of Rescue Rangers. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was available, I guess is the bottom line. And it Jim Cummings just there. voiced every single character uh, on every single Disney cartoon <laughs> <laughs> during that block. Uh, but we're still talking about Rescue Rangers here, so let me give you guys a synopsis in case you're not familiar with what we're talking about. So, Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers. Chip and Dale are two chipmunks who start a detective agency called Rescue Rangers, along with their friends Gadget, Monterey Jack, and Zipper. The pint-sized detectives deal with crimes that are often too small for the police to handle, usually with other animals as their clients. Yes, everybody go, aw, so cute. So small, so cute. The gang frequently find themselves going up against two particular arch-villains, the mafia-style tabby cat, Fat Cat, and a mad (laughs) scientist by the name of Norton Nimnall, neither of which make an appearance tonight. Now. So yeah, so Rescue Rangers. And we're going to get into them and the discussion, like Sean mentioned, we're going to hit our normal high points, talking points that we talk about each and every episode on this podcast. The only thing is this time around for Disney Madness, we're going to add a score total to them. So we're going to kind of weigh them against each other. And then with the three of us talking about it, some of those totals may change. People may add or subtract points depending on the strength of other people's arguments. And we'll see how the night goes from there and declare a winner at the end of this whole thing. But Sean, buddy, what's the history of gummy bears? What's going on with them? Guys, if you're not familiar with gummy bears or bears in rehab, Disney's Adventures of the Gummy Bears is an American animated television series that first aired in the United States from 1985 to 1991. The series moved to ABC for one season from 1989 to 1990, airing alongside the new adventures of Winnie the Pooh. 
and concluded in September of 1991 as a part of the Disney Afternoon television syndication package. Of the series' 65 shows, 30 consisted of two 11-minute cartoons, thereby bringing the series total to 95 distinct episodes overall. Oh, getting in it. I love that we're getting into so many cartoons that are hitting that that sweet, sweet syndication mark. Not that none of them do that anymore. Very, yeah. very few. <laughs> uh, the show is well remembered for its theme music, written by Michael and Patty Silvershire, and for Gummy Berry Juice, a type of magic potion granting the bears the abilities to bounce away from their hunters. The theme song was performed by Joseph Williams. Allison's already rocking and rolling, but we're about to get into that theme song. If you guys aren't aware of what's going on with the gummy bears, I don't know about the rehab part. We'll follow up with Sean on that later. But here's the synopsis for the adventures of the gummy bears. Gummy bears are a fictional... That's, no. That's arguable. I don't agree with that assessment oh, whatsoever. Oh, boy. Revisionist history. Revisionist history uh, <laughs> are a mysterious group of anthropomorphic bears who have a long and rich history and are relatively unknown to the humans of the world who believe that they are legends and fairy tales. In series continuity, it is said that in ancient times, about 500 years before the events of the series, the great gummies and humans lived peacefully together side by side. Now hold on to your butts here for this one. But for reasons left undetailed, though it suggested that malevolent humans threatened them with war and possible genocide, the great gummies were forced to flee and set sail across the sea to find a new home. The ancient great gummies left behind small, scattered populations of bears to watch over the gummy cities and warrens, such as the main group of the series, the Gummy Glen Gummies, to await the time when humans and gummies could peacefully coexist so they could then summon the great gummies to return home. Chew on that. Not a gummy bear. Chew on the history and the genocide. So I, I have three things to, okay. uh, as we are getting into this gummy bear discussion in yep. a moment. Uh, one, I'm already tired of hearing the word gummy. Okay. Two... Uh, if these guys are such mystical creatures, does that technically qualify them as cryptids, like in the same bucket or category as like a chupacabra or a Jersey Devil? And then three, let's be honest about what's in gummy berry juice tonight. <laughs> let's let's talk about. You have an expert. Yes, let's let's talk about, and I can't wait to hear Dr. Allison Keene's take on the actual addictive properties of gummy berry juice because this seems like it's. It seems like it's something that they will hand out very willy-nilly, uh, but it seems like something where like they will all just slam like a potion and be like, we got work to do. Let's get on it. I'm like, that's a functioning alcoholic. I feel like if the gummies had to like go to work every day, yeah, they'd probably just start with like a cup of hot gummy berry juice in the morning. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I hope everyone out there listening got that exact same reaction. Oh, oh God. But we're not talking gummies yet. We're going to start with Rescue Rangers. And as always, we start with the theme song discussion on this show. It should be playing through your head right now as you're listening to us. If not, hit pause here. Cue up Rescue Rangers. Enjoy that for about, what, 30 seconds, a minute? However long it is. 60 seconds. Sing along. Come back. Because Allison Keene's going to tell us her thoughts on the Rescue Rangers theme song. It's simple. Right now. Yeah. And it's happy. What simple more do you want? Oh, so cute. I think it's very sweet. I think that it's, um, it's catchy. I don't think there's anything particularly like I it's interesting because like there are certain theme songs that I remember very distinctly mm -hmm. and still can sing to this day and Rescue Rangers isn't one of them but as soon as it came on I kind of was picking it back up and remembering you know the tune and everything so 
I don't know. I, I mean, it's funny because we're talking so much about gummy bears, but I also really liked Rescue Rangers. I don't want to get lost in the in the discussion. Um, it's a really solid show. But yeah, I, I the theme song, look, it just makes you feel good yeah. to hear it and to sing it. Sean, what about you, bud? I love it. This this theme song is almost near perfect for me. The and and I agree with you, Allison. Like the second this came on, I remembered all the words immediately. And it was a joy to kind of sing along with it. it it's very much a, a clips-based theme song. And so it's a, it's a lot of actual animation that you would have from the episode. And I think maybe the only dedicated thing that they had was really just like the title card yeah. of all the characters. But it's, it's great to see these characters that I'm excited about. I love seeing the fact that like Chip is modeled after Indiana Jones, that Dale is is modern after modeled after like magnum pi these characters are fun like they're Those all my exact references <laughs> i wrote down yeah yeah <laughs> but i mean that that's that but that's exactly what they're they're modeled after and so like it, it's it's super fun to see this and then uh you know i i watched a lot of disney cartoons with just chip and dale as actual squirrels like before right. they actually had legit jobs please you species what did i say Squirrels. Squirrels. Oh my God! I'm just you're, you're sorry. Going back to last week. Thinking about thick think about squirrel. super thick it. squirrel. Think about it. super thick squirrel. Uh, so we as as chipmunks. Yeah, I know that's, that's the right reaction that's to make. That's the Allison. appropriate response. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, as as chipmunks, I apologize. So as as chipmunks, I'm I'm so used to watching their cartoons, and it was a a big part of my kind of familial experience growing up. Like my parents would always want to put these on. They were yeah. super fun. Uh, I enjoyed them. And so kind of seeing them with suddenly you're given a glimpse of, oh, it looks like there are some new characters that they've introduced, like they've evolved what's going on. Like that was exciting for me, you know, however many years, like 28 years after the fact to be able to rewatch that again and be like, oh my God, I can't wait to, can't wait to see these characters like that I know and love. So it was, it was very exciting. Yeah. I, I absolutely love this theme song. It's one of my absolute favorites, not just for Disney cartoons but just any cartoon ever i mean i remember singing this since i was a little kid just randomly just it just pops into your head so it's one that i never really forgot but i did kind of forget what exactly the visuals were for the intro until we watched them tonight uh you get great looks at sort of like gadgets work right we'll get into the characters and the plot in a little bit but gadget essentially makes everything that these guys use to do their jobs either fight crime or to solve cases or to get out of a jam she makes pretty much everything. It doesn't always work right, but it always has a really cool kind of look to it. And the first thing you see is this kind of like weird flappy arm blimp thing. I don't even know what this plane is, but it's very uh, distinct once you see it. We also get to see some, like Sean mentioned, we get to see some of the clips. And one of the clips absolutely actually appears in tonight's episode, so I thought that was kind of cool that we got to see the connection between the mm-hmm. intro and the episode itself. Yeah. However, because it is just kind of a generic clip intro uh we usually knock theme theme intros for that so i will knock at a point for that maybe a half point because the other half point gets knocked for not having a roll call uh, sean mentioned we've got chip and dale <clears throat> they're in the title you should know them from their like decades of history but we do get new characters which the first episode doesn't do a fantastic job of introducing so you see them but you don't quite know who they are it's not a big deal but the fact that we don't get any kind of roll call or work them into the the theme song at all is the only knock that i have on this otherwise it's like it's near perfect so any point changes coming up here allison what do you score this one for theme song i gave it a nine out of ten nice 
John, what about you, bud? Nine out of ten. That's three nines out of ten. Woo! Yeah. Nicely done. Right out the the gate. Guys, we're we're on the same page. Let's see how long this lasts. How long? (laughs) If it's anything like last time. (laughs) So we're going to stick with theme songs here. But now, this is so tough, though. We're, We're going into gummy bear territory now. So sticking with theme songs. Allison, the Gummy Bears theme song. What are your thoughts? Um, so I love this theme song yeah. so much that apparently was it like a year or two ago. I ended up writing <laughs> like this dirge yeah. for it, not realizing that the history of the Gummy Bears was actually so dark. Mm-hmm. It was like this like war torn battle song. I don't know why I did this. This is just what I do. But it's, anyway, it's like a slowed down minor key depressing march of the Gummy Bears. Yeah, same lyrics. Yeah. But in a totally different context, at the very end, I say we were the gummy bears. It's like a memorial song for the, the fallen. <laughs> and it's real dark. It's real dark, guys. So I adore this theme song. Mm-hmm. I like it in both forms. Mm-hmm. It's happy and dark sides. Um, I think there's a lot to it. I think it explains a lot. It gives a lot of history and context. It sort of sets up who the gummy bears are. Yeah, um, yeah I, I enjoy it a lot. Excellent. And then we're going to have uh, Allison's Redition at the end of the show. We'll tag that on at the end. Nice. The March of the Gummy Bears. Uh, Sean, buddy, was, what about I you? I was not told about that. <laughs> Spontaneous <laughs> podcast action. That'll be a bonus. Uh, yeah, that'll be a bonus later. track for you. you got to sign on to Patreon for that. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, for this theme song for Gummy Bears, it's great. And it is crazy addictive, almost as addictive as Gummy Bear Juice. The visually, it's a hybrid of dedicated animation, and at the you know, and at the end, we have a little bit of of dedicated animation, uh, and the clips that they show are, are are fun. They they have a lot of action. There's a lot of kind of kinetic energy that's going on musically. I never thought I'd say this, but wow, that flute riff rocked. <laughs> <laughs> I love the I love the organic delivery of that line. Wow, yeah, the wow. flute riff that uh, flute rocked. Riff rocked. That flute riff rocked. Lyrically, Irons though, it's the Nords. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this this lyrically though this this theme song is an earworm. Mm. Uh, but I I challenged this to somebody, uh, Beyonce and friend of the show Melanie Harker. I threw this out to her. I was like, because she had the exact same reaction. I love this theme song. I said, sing it for me. Yeah. And it's the same thing that happens every time is that everybody knows like the first two lines and then the third line they're like hey. and then then they pick it right back up. Oh, so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it, it is. It's it's really funny that like there can be such distinct there there could be such a distinct memory of those like two lines the third line is real negotiable in terms of like yeah. what people remember from it and then everybody's back strong for the end and it's it's great i i do i do really enjoy it that brings up an interesting point do you guys remember a little while a few years ago i guess i'm probably dating myself it might have been like 10 years ago but there was a, a game show primetime game show for adults not like a kid's show and it was basically just like complete the lyric Right, they'd give you, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They'd give you the beginning of a song, and then it would be like either a multiple choice or just a fill in the blank, and you'd have to like guess the lyric. Who wants to be a millionaire? No, uh, <laughs> but I'll allow it. Uh, do you remember that? Do you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah I do remember. I do remember. I can't remember the name of it, but yeah, they would play like it's like a name that tune. It, it, yeah, it's kind of like Is name that, that tune. 
yeah. Oh, Which is okay. why I did the last one. Oh, I see. Okay, no, I don't remember. It's kind of like name that tune, but rather than name the artist and the title, it was like you had to sing the next few right. lines. So if it was like we didn't start the fire, they'd like, for the final round, they'd like throw you into that that ramble at the end and just be like, they'd just stop it at a random place and just be like. <laughs> yeah. So if you just blanked, yeah. you were out. I want to do that with cartoon theme songs and really test people. Because like like you said, Gummy Bears, it, everybody assumes that they know it until they try to do it. Oh, and yeah. for me, I maybe had 80% of it. We just because I keep singing that dirge but, I mean, over even, and over again. Even when, when you were putting that together, we looked up the lyrics I, to be you're sure. Right. I did not remember yeah. the lyrics specifically. Because they're, they're, <laughs> there's a lot of lore in there yeah. that is not memorable specifically, but it's... The, the chorus saves it because it's so, you know. But and yeah, it's, it's, it's and tough. it's like an actual song because they have like yeah verses to it, so it's mm. not just the same repeating right. thing over and over again. Go ahead, Sean. What were you gonna say? No, I, I think it's funny that like I always drop out at the high adventures that are beyond compare, and like that's the line where I'm just like, we are the gummy bears. <laughs> yeah, I'm back into it. I'm back in. See now, for me, the difference between Rescue Rangers and Gummy Bears is the range. Both of these songs, for whatever reason, like ramp up three different key changes. Oh my and god! And for Love Gummy it. Bear, it starts a little higher for me, so I always strain on that last. You know, that's like the power <laughs> note. That's like the power note right at the end there, right? That last bears. So that's where everybody's gonna crack, including me. The um, last bears. The that's last the way bears. To describe it. That's right. What do you score this one, Allison? Well, I don't think an eleven out of ten is allowed. So it's not, unfortunately. I, if I can't give a zero to Bonkers, you can't give an eleven <laughs> to Gummy Bears. You guys have made some good points about why it's not a perfect theme song, but just because, for my own nostalgia and the fact that I could remember at least the chorus, yeah. which I feel is pretty good, this many years later, I won't say how many, I'm going to give it a solid ten. Nice, ten out of ten. Good theme song. What do you think, Shaw? I have given this. I've given this a nine. I'm going to give it a nine as well for the reasons I mentioned, but also. I feel like this, more so than Rescue Rangers, could have done with a roll call because there's a lot of characters. That oh, yeah. There are a lot of gummies. They, they handle the introductions really well-ish, but a roll yeah, call Yeah, very been... em- heavy emphasis on the ish. Yeah, we, we'll talk about it. And actually... Sunny, tummy, cubby, gruffy, zummy, grammy. Yeah, exactly. Is that all of them? I think it's all of them, for now at least. <laughs> we'll talk about characters in a second, but first yeah. we're going to head back to Rescue Rangers and chat about the animation style. Now... This gets a little hairy because Disney's kind of all the same, arguably. So we basically want to ask things that stood out for better and for worse uh, in Rescue Rangers for you. It's tough because, I mean, basically my notes were it's nothing groundbreaking. Mm -hmm. It's just good. It's classic. Mm -hmm. Like it's, there have been some badly animated cartoons and you guys have watched most of them. And I remember some of them and I even see some, I mean, more contemporary ones where it's, it's, but Disney has a very, I mean, they have a very specific style, but they know what they're doing. The It's just sort of like there's clean action. There's not just like these sort of scenes where things are, you know what I mean? Like you yeah. can kind of see everything that, you know. So, I, I mean, it's good. I don't really, I mean, there's I, there's nothing. I was trying to think of anything that like really stood out about it. Um, well, we talked to, and, and you mentioned this, we talked to a, an animator, uh, sort of an amateur artist animator recently, who their particular style is very much in the vein of Disney. Yeah. Which means that it's it's good and it's solid for that Disney style, but it's not anything that separates itself from that style, if that makes sense. Let me tell you what my Uber driver told me yeah, when I was in you. L.A. So <laughs> my Uber driver was a, is an animator, and she said that her, like, you know, she'd always been drawing forever, yeah. and so she started, like, 
sending her portfolios to studios and stuff, everyone gave her the same critique. They said, to Disney, to Disney. You right. should just go work at Disney. But not even Disney wants Disney anymore. They want like all you know something that's more innovative or different or stands out. But that classic Disney style, I think, is still, especially for, for people of a certain age, is what we identify as just being like a classic cartoon. That and like Looney Tunes, probably, yeah. or like the two styles, like the Hanna-Barbera. Like they're just a couple that really stand out. So it's not to like diss it to say that it's not anything, you know, that stands out, but it's, it's just Disney. Yeah, Disney. What about you, Sean? It's funny to think that the contemporary for Rescue Rangers at this time was DuckTales. Okay. Uh, and I, I can see... Sort I can of like see the next generation of, yeah. Right. And so I, I can... Because they both came out in 89, and so... I thought there DuckTales were, was 87 when they originally came out. Oh. I could be wrong, but either way, contemporary. No, you are right. It is 87. Uh, I wrote this down a minute. It's wrong. Um, so yeah, they... They are. They were contemporaries around that time. It's yeah. just. It's very interesting because uh, you see a lot of similarities, and I, I think the thing that's interesting about the animation style for this versus what we see with Ducktales is simply scale. Um, you know, we we see them play more on this micro yeah. kind of uh, fun, and I, I'm saying I'm saying micro, and I love the fact that Dave just smiled as I said it. Like he's like, yeah, yeah small stuff. Cool oh, stuff. stuff. Everybody knows it. that I love when people play with scale. It's one of my favorite things. <laughs> it really <laughs> is. Like a, it is. Yeah. It's fun. And so you you get this you get this almost uh, like you you get some very kind of like childlike animation for the things that are there because in in my brain it, it didn't really hit that full kind of like adult saturation. Like sure they have like some adult situations that they're getting into for this and stuff. Yeah, woo, adult situations. Rated they're not R. wearing pants. But yeah, Ooh, I mean, no. We talked. We accurate. talked about how no Disney animal has a butthole. Whoa! Last they, week. Don't. they don't. They don't. Uh, so, but it's it, it's uh, it, it's fun to kind of see them play with this scale and preserve a lot of the fun and enjoyment from the original design of Chippendale right. as being adorable chipmunks. And so you you get a lot of that same kind of fun enjoyment and nostalgia from watching them updated now in '89 with a bunch of friends. Uh, but they they do a really good job of of playing it on that tiny little scale with everybody else that's around them, surrounded in that world. And so that versus something like a Ducktales, which they were just like, we're in Duckburg and there's cities and there's big stuff. You know, I, I think that it was, you know, even thinking about some of the original Chippendale. You know, they were in houses, they were in yeah. like these these big structures or in like a yard. This is like we're inside of a fucking tree right now, and that that's where we live. You know, and I I, I think seeing that and I think for this animation style, it's always enjoyable to see uh, them kind of weirdly defy the laws of physics. Like they're coming into like a regular tree that you see, and then they've got like this sweet HQ inside of it. And you're like, where are you putting all these things? Like (laughs) you've got so much room for activities. And it just, I love, I love seeing the intricacies behind their small world. Absolutely. And that's something that we don't really get to see too often in these cartoons. Like Sean mentioned, Things like DuckTales, any of the classic kind of Disney cartoons, the anthropomorphic animals are essentially just stand-ins for humans. Like, yeah. their towns are proportional to them, their cars, their homes, their streets, their everything. Like, everything is sized for them. This is one of the few times you actually get to see animals being more or less the size they would be in the real world, right. interacting in that real world. So, you know, they're not just going to hop into a car and drive around because the car is going to be a a million times bigger than they are. So 
Super fun to watch them play with scale. But even more to that point than just putting these small animals in a larger, uh, large-scale human world, even amongst the, the different creatures themselves. So we watched the, the first episode of both of these series tonight, as we do for every comparison during the March Madness, just to keep it fair. Um, we'll get into the plot a little bit, but they did some super fun things with scale as far as the other characters who show up. They use them in different ways. Gadget always kind of takes, she kind of cobbles together things from the outside. So she may turn like a skateboard into a full-size vehicle for the entire team because the <laughs> skateboard can accommodate all of them, whereas normally like a skateboard is just for like a kid skating around. So I love that they, they pulled the real-world stuff in and they did it in a really cool way with the animation style. Um, and then the only other thing for me with Rescue Rangers animation, I like the updates that they brought to Chip and Dale. Previously, yeah. in the classic stuff, the only, the only way you could tell Chip from Dale, besides their kind of voice or their antics, was Dale had a red nose. That was it. They didn't have any clothes. They didn't have anything else going on. Just <clears> all <throat> nude. Just all so nude. nude. And, a, and a W.C. Fields <laughs> nose. But other than that, that's it. This time... They wear a little fur coat. They do have a little fur coat. Uh, <laughs> They're not shaved chipmunks. Oh, God. That would be, <laughs> that would be horrifying. <laughs> that would be <clears throat> something. That would be something. <laughs> Uh, but I love that Chip gets sort of like we mentioned the Indiana Jones attire. It not only well, updates him, but it also kind of brings him into. It, it shows you his personality a little bit more. Yeah. Well, I don't get too much into character, exactly. but basically, it's just it's Indiana Jones, Magnum PI, MacGyver, and Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> yeah. Is yeah. the team and whatever Zipper is. So oh, Zipper! You've got a thing. you've got a drawing of Zipper. I did right draw, there, but anyway, cute, cute animal <laughs> of animal sidekicks. <laughs> But yeah, they do a good job dis distinguishing everyone, even though, like yeah, yeah. you said, they don't do the, the, roll, the call. roll call. You know who everybody is. Right. Like, you immediately within that episode, well, within the first, like, ten seconds of that episode, you know sort of what everyone's roles are and, yeah. and who they are, so, which you can, cannot necessarily say about the gummies. That's very first. true, and we'll get to that in a second. But, yeah, that's it for me for animation style. So what did you score this category? It's solid, but nothing particularly special. I give it an 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10. Okay, Sean, what about you? I gave it, actually, I had originally given it a seven, um, but because of our discussion now, I bumped it up an eight. Nice. nice. That's three eights out of ten. Ooh. Three of us. Nice. Woo. Doing good, doing good. And that, that discussion, I think, is going to be interesting leading into the gummy bears now. So going from Rescue Rangers into gummy bears animation style. I mean, the, the main difference for me just <clears throat> thinking about it now is just how much sort of lighter and brighter gummy bears is in general. Um, I also don't remember that it took place in medieval times. Yeah. That was a surprise to me, but it sort of reminded <laughs> me of, um, who did, who did, is that Disney did Fox and the Hound? Yeah. Yes. And um, which, is that the Robin, what's the Robin Hood one? Robin Hood was, was Disney too. It was just know. called Robin Hood. Okay. Yeah, it was just Robin Hood. They sort of reminded me of that style. Again, just like very discernibly Disney sure. in, in pretty much every way. Although um, the ogres were sort of interesting. That was different from a regular Disney style in several different ways. Yeah. Not just them polishing skulls, but like the actual, <laughs> <laughs> the style of the ogres themselves. Um, and I think also there was some interesting, with some of the magic and some of the, uh, and the Duke, I think in particular, the oh, yeah. way they portrayed him. Um, and his style was maybe a little different than I was used to. But it, it still, at no point was I like, this doesn't feel like Disney. Sure. So, um, I, like like Rescue Rangers, it was just very classic. But yeah, when comparing the two, that one was just so much lighter and brighter. That's what sticks with me. Interesting. All right, Sean, what are your thoughts? 
Yeah, I, I will agree with Allison's comparison, and I'll throw in for me, the first thing that I thought of was Br'er Rabbit in Song of the South. Oh, okay. Very, uh, a lot of the character choices, very big eyes. Mm, if you, cool. you look at these characters, like, I think almost, like, two-thirds of their heads in some cases were eyes, which <laughs> is a little off-putting sometimes. Uh, and then, just for the, you know, if you if you look at the, the gummy bears and the the style that they have is an anthropomorphized bear versus that of Br'er Rabbit. Uh, they all have like a medium outline, uh, like a medium like density outline around all of the characters. And then the very like small outlines then for certain features that are on their bodies and very detailed environments. A lot of really detailed environments. Like when we got into the Gummy Berry HQ, um, <laughs> Like I, I kept looking. There's at, a lot like, of all... woodland HQs in this pairing. Yeah, there. it really yeah. is. Uh, I was I was blown away by like all the detail of like the grains of the wood that was in there. I was like, this is this is like somebody really was like, this is gonna go 65 episodes. I'm gonna put the time in now. They brought <laughs> Nick Offerman in as a consultant when they were drawing <laughs> gummy bears for, back for Offerman wood make... shopping. Yeah, to make sure they had the right grain. Yeah, they did a great job with it. It looks beautiful. And for me, since we talked about scale with Rescue Rangers too, I really, I'm kind of torn to say who did it better. I mean, for Rescue Rangers, they focused on the smaller characters living in a bigger world. In Gummy Bears, you, they have three different sizes of characters that they have to deal with, all living in the same world. Now, some of them will have their own little environments carved out. So like Sean mentioned, the Gummy Bears have kind of their underground warren. They have these like tree systems that they can use to move around. The humans obviously have their castles that they live in. And then the ogres are just kind of like out in the wilderness, but they're huge. I mean, they're massive. Yeah. They're, they're sometimes, sometimes they can be smaller than a human, but for the most part, the bigger ones are like, I don't know, 10, between 8 and 10 times their size sometimes they for the huge. kids. They, it was throwing me off because there was that little baby one that they kept throwing around. Yeah, Toady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I was confused about the duped size, too. And that's too. the other side of it is that sometimes yeah. they play with scale. And Allison mentioned, he was like, why is he so huge all of a sudden? Well, there's, there's one point where he snatches... Yeah. the gummy berry juice and his hand is like bigger than the child yeah, and i was like i'm like, confused yeah. by the size they, right now. they try to play with with perspective sometimes and it doesn't quite work it doesn't you don't quite get that depth of field because they didn't they didn't vary the the color tones enough in the scene so everything looks kind of flat and when you don't have that depth working out it just looks like weird gargantuan size differences yeah however i will say uh without getting into the plot the opening of this reveals uh duke igthorn kind of like smashing his way through a castle just like with his bare hands and i was just like what is this opening and it's revealed <laughs> much like in much like in goof troop that he's just like playing with a model he's just smashing up a model, he's like, a model. that's pretty cool it's only a model um and then they also just real quick to talk about scale still there's a moment it's, it's a throwaway moment but Kevin, who's our young uh human protagonist of this episode of this show he drops like a bunch of food and he's he's like gathering it up and if the depth and scale would work really well it would look like he's coming towards you to pick up like a, a shank of like meat or something meat on the bone but because the depth isn't quite right it just looks like this this leg bone came from like a dinosaur or something it just looks mad it's like bigger than the it's horse like that's next to it. yeah it's bones. huge <laughs> so i like the, the attempt but the the execution is a little lacking sometimes but i still love it i love that they were willing to take those chances and risks and i love that they were in the medieval setting like allison mentioned earlier so yeah let's go around and score it so yeah so again um good 
bog standard Disney. Yeah. A few sort of interesting things. A few things didn't quite work, but I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Excellent. John, what about you? I gave this a 7 out of 10. Uh, why? Ooh, you weren't I, convinced by our arguments. Because that's wrong. Uh, no, I just, I, I didn't think, you know, for the, like you said, it was a, a little bit brighter than what we yeah. had for, for Rescue Rangers. Um, I thought some of the, the wonk that we had with the scale, uh, yeah. while fun and while an interesting choice, there were moments where it just kind of like, you know, like there was that moment when, uh, when we have Igthorn like jump onto the catapult yeah. and like, he's like really enormous. He's like towering over everything. And then he just like leaps into, and I, I know that it's just the change in perspective, obviously, sure. cause he's moving away from you, but then he just, he got like tiny by comparison next to the <laughs> catapult. And I was just like. This guy has been like this guy's been like uh, like an an ogre himself the entire time. I'm like, just pick a design choice for him. Mm, that's fair. And I also think they I think they overdid it because with the gummy berry juice, he was all amped up, like jacked up on adrenaline and steroids at this point. So yeah. the fact Yeah, yeah, that let's he, again let's be honest about what's in that fucking gummy will, berry we'll, juice, we'll guys. Let's not freaking with consumption. But it was like it was definitely uh it was definitely exaggerated. I'll say that. Again, though, the execution, not quite up to snuff. I think they overdid it a little bit and they exaggerated a little too much sometimes. So for that, I'll give it an 8 out of 10, too. I was just giving Sean a hard time. But we're all okay. pretty close. Let's head on back up to Rescue Rangers and talk about the Rangers themselves. What about the characters? Who stood out for you in a good or a bad way? And did you get a sense, like a strong sense, of definition between each of these characters? Definition, definitely. I will also say that I remember when I watched this, I kind of had a crush on Chip mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, which was real weird now watching it. But I, I mean, I had a thing for Gadget too, so it's not that weird. Well, or it's equally weird. What stood way. out to me is I don't remember Gadget being like How dare you. the brilliant scientist. I just remember her as like, she's like part of the team. But now it's I, watching it, I was like, whoa, that's actually like quite progressive for yeah, Disney. Yeah. And I was yeah. very proud of that. And she had a little jumpsuit on, you know, yeah. and she had pants. She's like a mechanic. Nobody else had pants. That's so right. I was actually pretty impressed by that. Um, but yeah, I, I think that they're all pretty well defined, and um, I mean, well, not Monty. I think in that first episode, he's very well. I mean, he's just what is what is he doing? Fair what question. is he doing? Fair question. And he's the drunk uncle just yeah, hanging out in the shop. That, yeah. <laughs> and he goes cheese crazy. I love when um, he goes cheese crazy. But I do like the the Felix and Oscar vibe between mm-hmm. um, Chip and Dale, and you know, I think that they play off that a little bit. This episode was very plot heavy, and it was just sort of like one perilous thing after another, um, which wasn't as Compelling as I seem to remember, there was a lot more in other episodes interactions between Chip and Dale mm-hmm. and their sort of like personality clashes, which I find more interesting. But you know, yeah, I I, I thought it was uh you know it was it was a, a fair way of sort of setting everybody up in this for you know a, what was essentially I guess a pilot episode. Sure. For uh, without going too much into the plot, how about the antagonists that kind of show up? Did they stand out in any meaningful way? <laughs> You mean the 500 or 200 year old ghost rats? Yeah, I don't know what is going on. Oh, I'm sorry. You mean pie rats. They're the pie rats. I did enjoy them being called pie rats and everything that came with that. However, I was very confused about their origins and potential ghostly nature, which was not fully explored. We'll get more into that, I guess, with the plot, um, maybe. But yeah, yeah, that was. Oh, and and how the dark fate of Billy the Squid. Oh, Billy the Squid. Yeah, that was weird. So, I'm concerned. We'll talk about that yeah. coming up. Anything else on characters for you? No, I think I think that's pretty much it. All right, Sean, what do you got? For characters in Rescue Rangers, 
I love the fact that you can distill most of these characters down to just a single word. Chip, leader. You have Dale, goofy. Uh, not goofy like the actual character goofy, but just a goofball. Right. You know, Monterey Jack, I, I, I'll actually say he's a little bit goofy, but he's more of like the brawn, I feel, yeah. for the yeah. team. Uh, Gadget is the brains, which, again, I love the fact that it's so progressive. And then for Zipper, I don't know. I just Zipper just kind of felt like he was there. I feel bad because everybody else is a is, you know, is a mouse uh, or a chipmunk, and he's just like this insect. And so I, I, there were moments where like he would do something, and I'd be like, oh, cool, finally Zipper's gonna come into play here. And I, I even think I remember in the Chippendales Rescue Ranger NES video game, I remember yep. if you get Zipper, he'd like bust through a bunch of you know, characters or like he'd break up blocks or something like that and like help you progress in the level or give you like some invincibility. He's like the thing that would like spin around you. I remember, yeah. I, I, I believe don't quote me on that. NES. I think that, yeah, I think bands. they like used him as like an offensive weapon. Yeah. Against <laughs> characters. But like, you don't get a sense of that in this. So there were moments where I kind of kept wondering, I was like, what is he doing here? And what nepotism brought him into this detective agency? That's not really doing a lot of detecting. For the, the villains that we had that were in this, Jolly Rogers, uh, RV, and Billy the Squid, I just thought that they were, they were tons of fun. I just, I really enjoyed the design, the, the look of them. Um, you know, even when we had, I, I, I love, and I, I, I love the character choice that they have when uh, Monterey Jack tries to play as, you know, this, this long lost uh, yeah. character that we'll talk about shortly. Yeah. But it, it just so much of that was just really enjoyable, just in terms of their characters and their personalities. I just I I I really enjoyed it. Yeah, you guys pretty much said everything so far. Uh, I will just say like I was always a big fan of Gadget, not just because she was like a cool chick and because she was always making stuff with things that were laying around to like help help them get out of jams or create like awesome vehicles. The cool thing was like it was stuff that you could make as a kid. Like if you wanted to make. A submarine out of like a bottle, a flashlight, a skateboard, and a box of baking soda. You could rubber band all that stuff together. It wasn't gonna do anything, but the fact that you could like make it was was pretty cool. I, I like how the real world. Yeah, just like real world trash essentially. You could, <laughs> you could smash all that stuff together. But I like the fact that she always seemed to be doing something. She was mm -hmm. always an active character, whereas yeah. everybody else, they always seemed to be either just like arguing with each other or getting into or out of trouble. They were doing things, but not as progressive not as toward a goal uh or goal oriented as she was so i always like that and, and i can't really think of too many other characters out there in the world of cartoons that actually do that male or female human or animal whatever she's just she's always moving she's always going she's always building stuff True. which sometimes in, in the plots actually works against her because she's so concerned with building or researching or making a thing that she's not you know she's not doing what she's supposed to be doing with the team or whatever so i love the fact that that actually comes into play um, yeah, Zipper. I was hoping Zipper would get to do something a little more cool than just like kick back and eat. Was he eating a cocktail cherry or a tomato or what was that on the something. toothpick? He gets to play a, a parrot. He gets to play a parrot, and he does kind of save the day, sort of at the end. We'll talk about that in a bit. But uh, I, I, I will say I was happy with the fact that I got to see Monterey Jack go cheese crazy. Oh, I made a it. note in the beginning so that I good. didn't get to see it, and then at the end we get to see him do it. So I was, <laughs> I was pleased. Uh, if we could, real quick, sticking with the main what five members of the team. Could we do a ranking real quick and then give me your scores? Oh, okay. ranking the, the rescue just, rangers? Just the rescue rangers, yeah. Who's your favorite? Yikes. Or how about just your favorite and least favorite? <laughs> oh, man. Um, just based on this episode, sure. 
Um, I, I, gosh, that's like possible. I mean, Zipper probably comes in last, Ooh, only yeah. because he didn't do anything. And it's yeah. funny because like I remember like Dale used to really irritate me when I first watched the show. Sure. He was he was pretty subdued in this episode. Mm. I felt like he was fine. Like I think he could be a lot worse. Yeah, that's <laughs> as true. As far as things go, um, I don't know. I mean, they're all so good. I probably identify the most with Chip because he's always just like so irritated with people not like picking up after themselves, and he's like, "Oh, finally! Like they're gonna clean the table off, and they just dump it on the front." He just like he just puts his hand in his paws, <laughs> and I was just like, "That would have that." Yeah. I, I said out loud, "I just said it me." It me. So anyway, I <laughs> he'll probably get my number one spot. So. And then what did you score the characters overall? Uh, characters, I gave a seven out of ten because okay. we didn't get a lot of their interactions besides just sort of. Getting in and out of peril, um, but uh, yeah, John, what about you? Yeah, what's your who's your uh, favorite and least favorite, and what's your total score? I mean, I, I think Gadget's probably my favorite. Right. Zipper is my so it goes. If I have to rank them, it's a uh, it's <laughs> it's a uh, zipper. Yeah, well, get a, figure figure out your place in the team, buddy. <laughs> I already uh, know my least favorite. Or, or move on. <laughs> um, it, I I would go uh, Gadget, Chip, Monterey Jack, Dale, Zipper. It's solid. Yeah, I thank you. With that. I'm gonna thank you, Alex. But not by much. And then, what did you score this category? Gave this an eight. Nice. I gave it an eight as well. And obviously, my favorite's Gadget. I cannot stand Dale. Dale. In the original cartoon and in this cartoon, I cannot stand him. He's like the he's like the little chaotic entity. And sometimes that's fun, but he just gets everybody else into trouble. Yeah. He's the one that like distracts them from not doing the cases that they're supposed to do because he's getting into trouble just by being a slob. Like he's he's the Michelangelo of the group. For but me. I even love Mike. Mikey was a <laughs> <body laughs> animal. But yeah, like, he's Dale... always looking for pizza, and I'm like, get on task, Ugh. son. We got work to do. <laughs> nah, we're just gonna be teenagers forever. <laughs> <laughs> we're forever twenty one. That's not right. Yeah, no, um, it's forever twenty one. That's perfect. <laughs> perfect teenage. Anyway, moving on. Uh, okay, cool. So that was an eight for me as well. So let's hop on down to Gummy Bears. We got a lot of characters to talk about. Holy shit. I don't know, man. (laughs) Let's go with the ones that stood out the most to you. We can talk about more as we get into kind of the plot, what what parts they played. But what were a few that really stood out to you? They introduced a lot of main characters. And not just, you had the Gummy Group. But then you had the humans, and you had like a romance plot going on. You had the ogres, and then I think my favorite is Duke Ichthor because he is just all over the place. He's fun. I actually laughed out loud at this episode, which I never do with almost any television, and most of that was from him and his lines and his deliveries because they were just. It just something about threw me off. Like I don't know who the voice actor is. I forgot to look that up. I forget. Um, but it. The way that he delivered some of those lines were just very unexpected, and I thought that it was really, really great. Um, I think that Cavan is sort of like the little Christopher Robin, you know, and he he discovers these sort of magical exactly. creatures, and he gets to like go and hang out with them in the magical world. But um, the gummies themselves, I mean, by the end of the episode, I had them mostly sorted out. Yeah. I mean, was it um, Gruffy? Mm-hmm. It's probably the one that stands, and Zumi are the two that stand out. Okay. Um, the most at the end of that first episode just because they kind of had the most lines. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I thought it set up the world really well, and um, I don't know. I, I think it, even though it introduced a lot of characters, it it worked, especially even like they threw in, you know, this little, like, crush plot or whatever. Right. Um, and it worked. It, 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 I don't know. I, I, thought it was, I thought it was pretty great. Okay. John, what about you, bud? Well, I'm going to quick answer Allison's question. It's Michael Rye. 
who played okay. uh, Igthorn, and he's been in like just about freaking everything. <laughs> everything that's ever. I mean, he he was in he was in Tailspin. He was in Pirates of Darkwater. He was in SWAT Cats. He was uh like Spider Man and and Super Friends. Um, or I'm sorry, Spider Man and his Amazing Friends. Oof. Uh, you know he was. We should we should say the late Michael Rye. He did pass away back in 2012. Correct. Yeah. Oh, wow. So. He was in a he was in a ton of stuff, so always always an excellent talent. Yeah. Um, and I I don't I don't know I feel like I got so gummied out by the end of this. Uh, <laughs> real gross, bud. Yeah, real gross. And I, you know, there were, and I and I know that they all fall into you know very like specific tropes uh, of of what we needed to because you know you you got to bucket these and like you can't possibly have. A gummy bear that has the a same or a similar personality. I will say this though: the naming convention that they used, oof, did they really back themselves into a corner with this one? And by the end of it, when I got all of the names, I actually had to go and look some of them up because I was like, are they saying what I think they're saying? Yeah. And like for Zummy, I was like, oh, what the fuck is a z-? everybody else has like. An understandable name like Sunny. I'm like, yeah, great. That's like a girl next door name. Perfect. I love it. Cubby, little kid brother. Great. Ruffy. I don't know why he's from the Bronx. That's confusing to me. I'm still confused by yeah. that. Yeah. Like Grammy. I'm like, great. She's the matriarch. I got it. Tummy. Yeah, of course. He's fat. So you named him after an attribute. Wonderful. And then <laughs> like Zummy, I just, and, and he's voiced by Jim Cummings, uh, mm-hmm. who's fucking fantastic. And so when I, I heard it, I was just like, I, I I got so worn down by the names of the characters that were in this. Uh I, I don't know. I like there was something that was lost and I I mean I know that we talked to kind of knock the theme song for not having that that roll call but oof, I I needed I am I needed to I needed to actually go and look on a a fan wiki as like a primer after watching like the first 5 minutes I was like nope I'm I can't I, if I go and, any and further with the, this, not just the gummies though, like the Anglo-Saxon Humans? names oh. of like oh Cavan, shit, Cavan. I was like Cal- Sir thought, oh. Sir Tuxford. Yep. Uh, was a dummy gummy. Oh my yep. god! I just I, I felt like this show actually suffered from too many characters. Uh, and and there's at least a dozen, if not more, oh. unnamed characters too. That and that they're all essential. Up. They're not like the pirates yeah. where you meet them for an episode, they're gone. Like these are clearly all right. established characters that we're going to see again and again. Yeah, I, I actually that that was my biggest concern with this. Like, it was like all a Robert Altman film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody everybody's fun and has unique, great characteristics and personalities, and I I want them all to be there, but I, I just. After having watched this, and and you know, I, I can't imagine how I responded to this as a as a child. I was probably just so on board and elated to be watching gummy bears. But as an adult, and slightly curmudgeonly and grumpy, every once in a while, I was like, "Oh, who are these people? The fuck do I care?" I I just I, I that that was a knock against this show for me. It was just the the cavalcade of characters. See, for me, I'm gonna go in the opposite direction then, because I think. That even a character like Sir Tuxford, who's just kind of like this knight who's not really doing his job, everybody else is kind of doing something for him. When he's introduced, he's lazy, he's not a good leader, and he's cowardly. And yet at the end, he's kind of like he's responsible for sort of leading the charge that's supposed to go out and defend the castle, but he also kind of botches that as well. Yeah. He's he's kind of a non-essential character, but they introduce him in such a way that I like remembered 
and knew exactly what his character was supposed to be. I was like, okay, he's cowardly. He can't be trusted. He's kind of goofy. But he doesn't matter at all. <laughs> like, this character has nothing to do with any of the main the main things. I was a little overwhelmed by the number of gummies that all arrive at one time. Yeah. And they tend to swarm. They swarm. The gummies a, come in swarms. That's a trait. <laughs> <laughs> just, just stay still, and they'll, they'll leave you alone. If you have a gummy medallion, you'll be totally fine. But I like how they sort of work themselves out, and the striations you know, between them kind of work themselves out over the course of the episode that you had their name, you had their visual look, and then you had their actions. And that was enough with the exception of maybe Cummy, Cubby and Sonny. Yikes. That's not a good one. <laughs> wow. Yikes. This is the problem. I wish we had outtakes for the show, but we don't. So because of Cubby and Sonny, those are the only two we didn't really get to see too much from. Um, but one of my favorites, like you said, was Duke Igthor because he wasn't just a villain for villainy's sake. He was charismatic. He had some crazy lines that, like, they came out of nowhere. Yeah. Like when when his second in command or his, some of his like his lieutenants would screw up, rather than just like yelling at them or like like uh, punishing them with stuff, he kind of like took them aside and he's like, "Now thinking back, where did it all first go wrong?" And yeah. it's like <laughs> such an amazing thing for him to do. It just it really uh, got you you uh, it got you to know his character enough that you wanted to see more even though he was the villain. I, yeah. I just think that in summation they did a really good job of hitting the main characters, giving you just what you needed so that you wanted to see more from them. I, I thought it was expertly handled. I think it's I'm very ambitious. For I'm not gonna rank the yeah. <laughs> yeah. gun. No, no. It's very ambitious. I mean, there are obviously a lot of they didn't have time to address a lot of things, but I kind of like that they sort of just threw us into it yeah. and were like, look, hey, you like this world, we're going to keep exploring it. Yeah. Here's, here's, a, here's a taste. Just a taste, because they only gave you a little bit. Yeah, so yeah, what did yeah. You that's, uh, again, again, that's like prime dealer talk. Like, just... It really is. Uh, first, first, uh, first gummy potion. First gummy's free. free. The first, the yeah, first, first thing I said free. after watching this episode, I was like, I kind of want to go back and watch the rest. And I was, like, scratching at the time. I don't know why. I was, like, I really need to go back and watch the rest. Gummy Bears was the only show at that time that I waited for yeah. Disney preview weekends because I specifically wanted to see Gummy Bears. Yeah. That was, like, the show that I, wa- that I was apparently addicted to and didn't realize I it. I guess. Yeah, again, you know, we're just, we're just really proving this hypothesis I have. Like, let's just be <laughs> honest about what's in this gummy, this gummy berry potion, guys. You'll get yours next when we get to the plot, but you got to get through Rescue Rangers first. But first. Um, so characters. I, I mean, based really on the strength of the Duke and also the ambition of, of introducing all these characters, and I think doing so for the most part successfully, I'm giving it a 10 out of 10. Another perfect score. Sean, what about you? Uh, just feeling a little bit inundated and uh, upset with the naming conventions um, and having actually, I'll say this, we keep talking about this. It seems like the real star or the thing that's interesting are the actual human characters and it's called The Adventures of the Gummy Bears. These gummy bears were just like, okay, great. I could actually do without them in some cases. I would actually just like to see what Igthorn is up to. That's interesting. That's interesting to me. These gummy bears seem like they're just like, uh, we're really not going to come into this world unless we actually have to. And I guess we have to now because of a kid in a medallion and a big old book. For that, I gave it a you 7. Got magic back. I know, I gave it a 7 out of 10. Spoilers. Uh, as for me, I gave it a 10 out of 10. I thought the characters were handled expertly well for the 15 to 20 that they introduce you to. And then each character gets enough of a share of screen time, even if it's like Princess Kala, who the only two things that she does is jump into a hay bale <laughs> for fun 
and make googly eyes at uh, young Paige Cavan over here. But you know exactly kind of what her, yeah, it was cute. You know what their future holds, and you know what her her spirit is. Mm -hmm. Little moments like that that were few and far between, but they gave you enough characterization to be like, okay, I know what this person's about and what's going to happen from here. I want to see more of it. I give it a 10 out of 10. I thought it was great. And I want to see more from each and every single one of these characters, especially Cummy Gummy, who's a lesser-known oh, character. Oh, disgusting. That, uh, Guys, we've been trying to do uh I screwed it trying up. to do trying to do a family friendly episode. I didn't even mean to so far we're not even so up. far not even close. Just tongue tied. <laughs> Back to Rescue Rangers. Yes. Now for the plot, we're getting a little short on time, so we're not gonna obviously march through this whole plot. How about you give us the, the high points, kind of like what causes things to get going, what's kind of like the crazy twist or turn that happens, and then how is everything resolved? What are what are the three kind of big beats? Let's stick out. I've got a list here. Okay, what do you bullet got? Bullet points. I'd like to see a pirate spinoff. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Number one. I liked that the octopus looked like a bird. Sure. That didn't make any sense, but it was memorable. Okay. I like that the, uh, <laughs> apparently they were 200-year-old rat ghosts. Yeah. But they were very solid and seemed to have not, yeah. They weren't like evil ghosts. I thought there was like a Pirates of the Caribbean thing going on. Yes, there that's for exactly a second how With the felt. coin and everything, yeah. Um, I would have liked to see some crime solving yes. in addition to the peril. Yeah. And also, it was a very dark ending for Billy the Squid, who was made into, spoiler, a flag. Yeah. Um, it's like so, a, almost like a masthead, but on the crow's nest. I mean, yeah. for me, like, I, we kind of touched on this already, so I, I won't get into it too much. But yeah, I, I just felt plot-wise, it was very just must, very standard, like, they bungle into this and that and the other, and they just kind of get into all these different scrapes, and eventually they figure their way out of it. Right. But I would have liked to see a little more... Um, the character interactions, and then also, um, I wanted those ghost rats explained yeah. a little more clearly. So, so a real quick kind of high level summation of the plot: Dale's a, a dirty chipmunk. He eventually <laughs> finds his way into like the local trash barge, and the other guys have to rescue him. Before they can rescue him, they all kind of get well. Chip and Dale get trapped by these pirates. So pirate rats, if you haven't figured that pun out. Oof. pirate rats that show up and snatch them and take them to their underwater overturned pirate ship that's sinking at the bottom of like the harbor i guess that was a super cool uh reveal for me though too because you don't that expect cool. like oh a bunch of weird pirates in a barrel are gonna come out and just like snatch snatch our heroes and take them to an underwater lair and then there we get a little bit of the legend about how these pirates they don't have a captain the captain uh long lost lafitte apparently 200 years ago, promised, him, uh, promised them all that, that he'd come back and to keep an eye on his treasure until then. But we don't get any sort of sense of like magic or curse. Are they undead rats? Is this just the latest generation of pirates that has taken on this burden? Or are they just like the rats of Nim and just have lived for an in incredibly long time? Yeah. We don't know, and we don't ever find out. And are 200 years in rat, is That's in rat time? Too. Is right. that like rat... equivalent to human time? Yeah, or is that really be. just like six months? Yeah. Human, <laughs> and they seem a little <laughs> off anyway, so maybe they don't quite know how time works. Maybe, and especially since they're underwater, I don't know. But uh, so, uh, essentially, and I know Sean wants to talk about this. So, do you want to talk about Monterey's kind of role in this whole thing? No, I had completely. You don't care about I that had at completely all. Completely okay, cool. separate points. Well, go ahead. Um, I got really annoyed with the plot of this. Okay. This was actually uh, the the biggest strike that I had against this. Uh, I, I did watch in uh, in sequence. I watched Gummy Bears and then I watched Rescue Rangers second. 
I specifically okay, we'll watch it the other way around. I specifically watched Rescue Rangers second because I was the most excited. Mm. I was I was more excited to watch Rescue Rangers than I was Gummy Bears because I watched I probably watched all 65 episodes when yeah. this was actually on television. Um this started out in a very similar fashion to unfortunately Quack Pack with sort of the like plot device or framing where they're just like, you've got to clean your room. And I swear yeah. to God, I'm so tired. I, I default it's back to It's almost as what, if these cartoons are for kids. It's weird yeah. how that keeps happening. But I mean, like, but Dave, you said it best uh, last week when, and I, I default to you and, and your idea about parenting. Like if my parents were just like, yeah, go do something. I'm pretty sure I did it. Like nine times out of 10, I probably like bitched and moaned about it, but I probably yeah. also went and, and finished whatever task they requested. But, so, But the difference here is that it's not even like a parental thing, right? It's just like a group no. of friends. So it's like if you all lived with roommates and one of them was just a complete slob, like, yeah, you gang up on that roommate and be like, clean your shit. Like, yeah. Chippendale brother? Uh, I wasn't sure what the relationship was either with the gummy bears or the rescue. Well, the well, wasn't it another story? But wasn't yeah. it in the I'm, original theme song? It was like just a couple of crazy uh, buddies out to have some fun or something like that. I don't so know. Like perfect strangers for some reason. Oh, like the chipmunks. So what I got really miles with the hangout together. I'll look I, it up while you guys are talking. I got really annoyed by the whole uh, you know impetus for this episode of just the the clean your room. Um, because I, I think you're right. Like I could have, I could have dealt with them with the relationship dynamics. Like this could have been a fun threes company, but with, uh, with like chipmunks and and mice. I don't know why, or like, or even like a friends. Like this, this could have been something that I, I really probably could have enjoyed, uh, in, in that sense. But uh, man, I, I don't know. When you're just like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta clean this, you gotta clean up this room, and then it leads to hijinks. Yeah, I know it's a kids' cartoon, but I, I'm. You know, an olderish man now at this point, and so I, I was for some reason really grumpy about the idea that that's how this started. And then we got to see Gadget put together a roller skate car, and then everything else in my brain turned around, and I was like, "Fuck yes, that's well, what I want." Roller skate car submarine. Right. I mean, a roller roller skate car that like that they used to get down to the dump. They were yeah. on like a yeah. Oh, first yeah, yeah. Yeah, at first, and then that turn eventually like tr other trash turned into the submarine. Um, <laughs> but like I love the fact that like they're on this trash barge, and then uh, and then and then gadget, obviously being my number one character for like this, was just like such a romantic sea trip, and then just watching Dale make Google eyes at her, I was like, oh, he is trying to get, he is trying to get at gadgets, gadgets, like, and that to me, I was like. Oof! This is this is real weird. <laughs> like there were there were moments where they put some of this stuff in there. Where I was like, "Ooh, I don't I don't think I ever noticed or discovered that when I was a kid." But like they are all, it, it is one it is one attractive mouse that's on here with a bunch of other chipmunks and mice and like, I don't know. It's weird. She's it got gonna end up with zipper and you it's know the, it. it's the Smurfette syndrome. It is. It is. Yeah. It is. Uh, I can't find any familial relationships for any of these characters, by the way. So the internet is no help. My, my my final thing about all of this is that uh, I know how pirating is hypothetically supposed to work, but I guess I don't know how pirating is hypothetically supposed to work. It, is, it the, is it the idea that you find one treasure and then every week you search for it and then eventually you're just stuck in, in like Matt or 
you're eventually stuck in rat purgatory and and that's where it is forever because that that to me was kind of it was interesting but then it got but then they dropped it all together and it became so boring and i i i, I hate to say it i started looking at my phone i was like when is this episode over i started I, rule 34 this I, wow. I want to know if Pirates of the Caribbean is based on this episode because there are so many weird similarities between the lot, plots, yeah. right? Because they were tied to the treasure, mm-hmm. both both like figuratively and literally because it was holding the ship. There down. was like one girl who's like a scientist. Also that. <laughs> <laughs> Among a lot of dudes. But once they were like freed of the burden of the treasure, they were able to go on and they just, they didn't like spontaneously combust or like disappear in the dust or anything like That's that. They just, they're they're going to go live out new rat lives. Yeah, as, like... as pirates like above. <laughs> so the rescue rangers, they didn't solve a crime. They rescued Dale back, but he was still a jerk flinging trash through trash cannons. And they like, Sun roasted an octopus, which is super mean, and they unleashed uh, a barrage of rat pirates on the city, like a yeah. brand new scourge. I don't know. Th- this whole plot, I was expecting a cool uh, heist to be solved, or a crime, or a case, or something. That's their whole shtick, right? It's in the synopsis. But that's been one of the main gripes from fans of the series, too, is that they spent too many times in kind of these goofy moral adventures, or these just kind of like side stories, that there wasn't enough kind of like case solving or crime yeah. solving going on. So, uh, any other high points, low points to talk about briefly before we move on to the score? Uh, what do you have for the score for the plot? I, I I was maybe a little more generous with this and gave it a 6 out of 10. Six out I, I think there were some... <laughs> it was weird. It was sort of a little boring at times, and yeah. I felt like, you know, you detailed all that pretty well. But, um, you know, yeah, it, it's fine. Okay. 6 out of 10. Sean, what about you? I gave this a 6 out of 10 as well. Wow, you guys were like way harsher on than I was, and I gave it a five out of ten. It just—you felt the time dragging you by. Did. Like you got oh, yeah. the characters, and they were fine, but the time really dragged on this one. It's not a great Yikes. first look for your series. Now, granted, they had what like a two-part special. They had like a five-part mini movie that ran. At I remember times. loving the show, so I don't know I if yes. it gets better yeah. or what. But I think when they stick to the cases, when they actually do mm. what their plot synopsis is supposed to tell them to do i think it's actually really good because they get to they get to find those cases that slip between the cracks as it says in the theme song and i think that's really where the, the strength of it is otherwise it's just like another goofy goofy cartoon show like anybody could have done that there's nothing about the rescue rangers that made them getting trapped in like a trap uh, trash barge and pirates there's nothing that says oh that's a rescue ranger that's show. very true that could have right. been anybody that's very true all right Gummy bears. Let's move on to the plot there. So what were the high points for you? What questions did you have? I know Sean wants to talk about the addictions of gummy berry juice. Right. We definitely need to work that in, but what stood out to you? This felt more like episode one. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's even called a new beginning. Yes. And this is the first episode, so like what is the new beginning? We get the origins of the gummies. (laughs) They get their, they get their, spoiler, magic back. Mm -hmm. Um, That mojo. Their whole thing, Zumi was like, make gummies, make Gummies great again. <laughs> See, it's oh. not easy, is it? <laughs> Make these grummy gummies oh, great grummy. again. Grummy's um, like the great grandmother that's up in the tree attic. And they keep her away because she's crazy. She's all grummy. Yeah, they, they set up all these dynamics of you have the Duke wants to get power from the king, right. and then you've got the ogres that are kind of terrorizing people out in the woods, and then you have the resurgence of the gummies yeah. that are just discovered, newly discovered, is still being real, whereas but, humans thought they were 
you know, extinct or they had thought they killed them all. We're not exactly <laughs> sure what the circumstances are. What was fascinating about that is it wasn't just the humans who discovered that the gummies were actually real and not, not just legendary creatures, but the friggin' ogres, which should also be like fantastical, mythical creatures. They were like, what are you supposed to be? I yeah. know. And it was like these ogres just walking around in, in full sunlight. So I thought that was pretty cool. But yeah, so it, it sets up a lot of those, those dynamics. It very much felt like, you know, as we talk about all the characters and stuff, it introduced everything. Yeah. You know, this is what the show is about. Here are the people in the show. These are the general dynamics. Go. Yeah. They didn't really have time for anything else. Right. Um, <laughs> but they had a really cool gummy roller coaster, though. Heck yeah. That I feel like should actually be a Disney World ride. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, plot-wise, they have a lot going on. But they really, they definitely introduced who the gummies were, what they, and, and Sean, to your point earlier, I think it's like the gummies were kind of useless, you know, in a way, yeah. but it's because they hadn't gotten their, their mojo back. That's and right. so they were just like, they realized that the effects of gummy berry juice on humans, instead of just allowing them to bounce around, actually creates like super strength. Mm-hmm. And so that was a new development. And uh, yeah, I, I think that this is when the, this, like at the end of that, Zumi gives this, um, speech about how like doing good and and right versus might it was very like arthurian you yeah. know and i think that this is where the gummy bears are like okay we've sat on the sidelines long enough we gotta like get into the fray now so now you know it really is their new beginning exactly yeah all right sean it's hard because i felt that there were almost like three new beginnings in this entire uh, in this entire episode and that to have three new beginnings and then call it the new beginning, I was like, oh boy, we are we are buckle up because we are in for a ride. And you know, and so I feel like for for Igthorn, it was like the beginning of his like assault on this this castle, uh, on on Dunwin Castle and against Kring, or King against King Gregor. And so then we have uh uh what was it uh I just want to say Kevin or Calvin. I, I yes. Think it's, like, yeah. It's a weird. So, I, thought I, said, I thought I said Gavin the whole time. Yeah. So that wasn't even. Uh, yeah. And so I, I, you know, my biggest critique about this is that I wish these gummy bears had better enunciation for a lot of these names. Or Me I just <laughs> wish that they just picked a better fucking name. Uh, but but Kevin, uh, the entire time, this character Kevin was just. I, I don't know, you know, it, it's it's a new beginning of him kind of realizing that, like, he has agency and that he can actually do a lot and participate. And I, I love the line that he has. He's like, I'm one boy, but I'm not afraid to try. And right. then, and that is that comes right after he disses his new friends and says, you silly, selfish old bears. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> like, way to drop bombs, <laughs> like, inside this gummy this gummy HQ after they've, like, I don't know, given you drugs, brought you on a roller coaster. <laughs> And, like, pretty much accepted you as one of their own. <laughs> and they're just like, shut up, you dumb bears. I'm a boy. I'm a boy. And I can go do stuff. So, like, I know, to, just, to be fair, yeah. the gummy medallion, like, bitch slapped Zimmy That's... after that. And was like, get your mind right. The boy, the boy speaks his truth. Listen to the boy. The boy with the power. <laughs> what I was power? shining on him. This the... <laughs> Uh, but then you know, I feel like with the the gummy bears actually, you know, realizing like you said that they they got their mojo back, and and I feel like that was a new beginning as well. Uh, it's all it's all fun, and I I just I feel like three three new beginnings is a lot. I wish that yeah, it's a lot of beginnings, and so I could have done with maybe two of the three. Uh, you know, I I feel that they did a good job with this episode and the plot of being able to balance a lot of it. 
But I mean, everything was moving at such a breakneck speed that I was like, ooh, you almost have to do drugs to slow down the pace of the show. Well, let's talk about that then. I'll cede my time to talk more about gummy berry juice. Get so into for it. me, I think I think the plot was just about as perfect as you can do for an intro an intro episode yeah. to a series. So I'll just leave it at that for now. What do you guys think is in and what's up with gummy berry juice? High fructose corn syrup, cocaine. <laughs> so like literally like a Who told you that? So like an original <laughs> Oh I'm How original. do you know? I'm right then. How do you know the Perfect. ancient secrets have been revealed? Is that not the original <laughs> potion or recipe for Coca Cola? For Coca Cola? Like was Yeah, it, it is yeah. actually. Just They're just drinking Coca Cola. It's just Coca Cola. <laughs> But it's the original kind. It makes you strong. It's it called pep in your step. I'd love to hear a, like a 1940s radio commercial for, for gummy berry juice. Gummy berry juice. Did they ever sell gummy berry juice? I feel like that's they an should've. obvious thing to sell in addition to gummy berries. Yeah, I mean like I feel like for Disney with a cash grab in the late 80s, this is a missed opportunity through and through. Yeah, sugar and water and like food dye and there you go. You just made <laughs> billions of dollars. Uh-huh. Gummy uh, berry yeah. juice. It had to be like an ecto cooler thing, right? Like it had to have a tie-in with high C. You had just to. took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> I mean, it had to. But I love the fact that for whatever reason, the gummy bears, so they have the, the gummy berries, right? Gummy berry mm-hmm. bushes and stuff that they harvest. They know the potion, the recipe for gummy berry juice. They don't use it all that often because all it does is make them like bounce really high. <laughs> it's such a weird thing to add though, right? Like out of context, it's just like this yeah. is so, we're talking about like Arthurian legend and yeah. Overthrowing kings and right. ogres leading rebellions and all but this. Like, I I distinctly remember as a kid loving that they bounced. Yeah, it was that amazing. was like my favorite thing. And the like, sound like, of It's just it's I was great. A simple child. It was, it was super fun. But but I looked ahead, if I may, yeah. to the series finale because oh, I was really interested. You know, they introduced that the great gummies have moved on from this land and this realm, yeah. and Ooh. there's just sort of this remnant that's left, and. So I wanted to see if they ever call the great gummies back because it says if they live in harmony with the humans, then they'll call them back. Yeah. Evidently, uh, there's a two-part finale called King uh, Igthorn mm-hmm. where he actually does a mass power and take over the castle. Right. And the gummies, however, this has happened apparently concurrently with Zumi like calling the great gummies home. Like it's safe now. And then Igthorn like just like bowls in and takes over everything takes control of the gummy berry juice factory, evidently, yeah. at this point. Very, um, very Tolkien-esque at this point, somehow. And so, apparently, the gummies are all, like, willing to die to tell the great gummies to turn around and not come because it's no longer safe. And there's, like, so that's, like, where part one ends. And then part two picks up with this happening where they actually think Zumi is dead and his body, like, washes up on the shore. But then they realize he's fine. And apparently he was able to get word to the great gummies, and they right. turned around. Like, they didn't keep coming. They so were we like, never got to see them, as far as I know. Exactly. They, they Somewhere off at sea, they're like, nope, turn around and go back. They are able to, uh, the gummies, I think Tummy maybe blows up the gummy juice factory. Mm-hmm. Everything is destroyed, so Igthorn has nothing. He has no castle, he has no people, he has nothing. He apparently sits on a throne that gets eaten by termites, and he falls to the ground with, like, <laughs> literally nothing in front of him and then the gummies you know everything's restored with the king and the whatever and the gummies are safe and then they talk about how the the great gummies send them this message that say like we turned back we're so sorry and they start thinking about like 
maybe they'll maybe they will come to this land one day and i'm like holy yeah. moly There's that's intense so much there Go ahead, bud. it's so weird that that's like exactly almost line by line the ending for breaking bad it, it's or lord of the rings yeah. <laughs> either one lord of the bad <laughs> just the fact that that breaking rings just the fact that Walter White was just waiting uh, as he lay dying, spoiler alert, uh, as he lay dying, Walter White waiting for the great ancestors of, of meth makers to come and save him and take him home. What yeah, it, but see, this is what I like about this show is that there was enough ambition to actually create, like, I don't I don't believe that they had a six-season arc for the show or nah. anything, but they did actually create some kind of stakes to close it. And I think that that's sort right. of like the infamous David the Gnome finale. Right. They they went for it, and I, I respect that. And the mythology, too. Like, that's one reason I want to get back into it. That's the addiction for me. <laughs> it's like, I want to know how much more of this mythology they get into. And I'll talk about this in our final category here, so I'll, I'll tease you with this right now. But talking about uh, the plot for this particular episode, what did you score this category? 10 out of 10. Perfect. Sean, what about you, bud? I give this a 7 out of 10. Interesting. Because you hate fun and gummies. What's up? What what was it exactly that held you back? Just the fact that it felt like it had too much going on or there were three different false starts or I, I felt that it, yeah, I mean I, I for those exact reasons, I, I don't okay. I, I don't think we really had a chance to to kind of play in anything specific and I, I it, it just it was moving very quickly for me. And again, I, I, I feel like if your show is called Gummy Bears and the more interesting thing in your plot are the human characters. Uh, and your naming convention is terrible for all your main gummy bears. Like it, it just, that kind of all together, just kind of uh, ground it down three points. I mean, I still think it's, I still think it's, it's a very successful, you know, opener. Um, you know, I, I just like, <laughs> I mean, I'm even looking at the list of additional gummy bears that they have. And I was like, oh, why yeah, didn't, I was like, why didn't they just shoehorn those guys in? <laughs> like, yeah, like well. you know, why didn't they just like open up like the, the family diary or family, like, you know, uh photo album and just kind of like go through everything and like stock and like dog pile all of those characters in. Well, but for me, I thought it was perfectly done as far as an opening for uh for a series. So it was a 10 out of 10 for me as well. So we've got one more category to get through. It's basically how Disney is it, right? So this is the most subjective category. There's no right or wrong answers. It's just kind of like, how much does this particular episode or show make you feel as far as the Disney feeling of it? And you can give us your thoughts and your score, and we'll tally it up. Um, I guess for me, like... and this, this, Sorry, this goes back to Rescue Rangers now to keep everybody on time. Yeah, for, for Rescue Rangers, it's this is not a dig against the show in any way. This is not like my overall rating of the show but it does not feel very disney to me at all um it actually feels a little edgy mm. for disney you know chip calls dale stupid he it's does pretty, it's pretty intense for disney um <laughs> and also they have a girl who's the brains of the operation and a scientist didn't feel particularly <laughs> disney to me at like the time that, um so i i rated it really low but i i i'm gonna give it a Four actually out wow. of ten. But okay. Again, it has nothing to do with the quality of the show. I really like Rescue Rangers, but it, like when you said that you know you were doing like this the Disney you know head to head, and yeah. I was like, is Rescue Rangers a Disney yeah. show? Like, there's nothing about it. Watching it now, the animation makes sense, but thinking back on it, there was nothing about it that that stood out as Disney to me. So, gotcha. Both. So four Both. out of ten. Yeah. All right, Sean. What about you? Uh, I thought this was very Disney. I mean, you know, mem- remembering the original Chippendale cartoons that were there uh i loved the fact 
uh, similar to Goof Troop, that it felt like it was something that was in that world. I think they did a better job in terms of understanding uh, the scale, but I love the fact that they took two characters, were able to give them a little bit of a facelift in terms of what their specific personas were for Magnum P.I. and Indiana Jones. And, and then we also added new characters that felt like they belonged in that world uh, that were still fun and playful and, and, and very imaginative. And so for that, I gave it an 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10. Nice. Uh, pretty much for me, it was like, you know, anthropomorphic animals going on adventures, having a good time. Everything's pretty much clean fun. So Disney. Oh, that's Disney for me. So it was 9 out of 10 for me. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Damn, yeah, Dave. I mean, honestly, it's about as Disney as you can get in my It's, it's a dark... Disney. It's a dark and edgy Disney. Well, I mean, gummy bears had a or or like a or skulls, or so. like a sexy Disney. We can talk enough about that. But Next. oh, I have that in my notes actually for how Disney is it. Oh, for how Disney, we can talk about that in a second. Okay, actually, let's get to that. <laughs> that's what we're talking about next. <laughs> right gummy now. bears. How Disney is it, Allison? Um, so it reminded me of a lot of other Disney properties, which we talked about earlier, other movies and things that they've done. Um, and again, to me, it's so so ingrained as being on the Disney preview weekend that I was it's very specific disney property to me the ogres polishing skulls though human skulls too i think human skulls did not feel particularly disney but at the same time the style and the story were so disney to me that i am giving it a nine out of ten fantastic go on buddy uh you know we didn't really have any traditional disney characters or like an anchor back to previous disney works uh i felt that the medieval aspect of this kind of put me in like a, a sword in the stone mentality more than it did anthropomorphic characters i thought that the inclusion again of like anthropomorphic bears like you said having fun doing drugs you know there's a lot going on there that to me is just like real classic disney uh (laughs) so for that i uh i didn't i didn't believe that it was as disney as maybe some of the other things that we've watched this month so i actually give this a six out of ten interesting for me the only thing that kept this from being as perfect a disney as it could possibly be was the casual threat of genocide so for that reason, <laughs> I knocked it by one point, and it is a 9 out of 10 for me. Oh, man. 9 out of 10. Let's tally these all up. So, Allison, what do you have for Rescue Rangers? We'll go around and do yours. Um, if my calculations are correct, which they may not be, I should have 34 30? out of 50. Or for Rescue Rangers. Sean, what about you, bud? I have 39. 39, and that's a 39 from me as well for an average of 37 and one-third. 37 one third. That's respectable. I think that's actually pretty close to yeah. the IMDb score. I think it's like a mid mid 70s range. That's pretty good. So 37.3 for Rescue Rangers. And what about Gummy Bears, Allison? Gummy Bears for me is a 48. 48. Sean? Ooh, 36. Yikes, 36. And for me, it's actually a 46, which gives us an average of 43 and Ooh. a third. That's obviously far and away the winner so far, but definitely tonight as well. So Gummy Bears takes the gummy medallion. Episode of Disney Madness. <laughs> and thank you so much, potion expert and gummy bear juice addict. I'm sorry if I'm oh, outing you. Whoa, whoa. Recovering. Whoa. I know that gummy gummy bear juice. This whoa. is so hard to say. Holy cow. Gummy bear juice is not for humans. And I don't partake in it. Oh, fantastic. Listen, kids, that's an excellent lesson out there. And thank you for sharing it with the listeners out there. Oh man, so those are all of our point totals. Guys, I think it's a pretty safe assumption that we are all going to recommend both of these shows, Chippendale, Rescue Rangers, as well as also Gummy Bears for tonight. Everybody's nodding their head. Yes, perfect. Hey, guess what? Yeah, you listening. Yeah, you you listening right now. Hey, guess what? Turns out you have opinions as well. They are 
awful. Oh, but to honor that, we are going to turn them over to longtime listener and friend of the show, Bobby Anthem, for this week's Love It or Hate It. Bobby, take it away with our Love It or Hate It for Rescue Rangers. Our Chippendale Rescue Rangers Love It was given a rating of 10 out of 10 by Titanium Dragon on December 1st, 2006, in a post titled, Great Children's TV Show. Titanium Dragon wrote, Unlike most of the modern, horrible cartoons people put out for children these days, Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers is a genuinely good show. The five main characters all have interesting interactions, and the stories are well done. All of the characters have depths of personality, and Gadget, far from being arm candy, is one very independent. Unlike almost every other show, the independent female character never ends up with one of the other characters, and all five characters remain single. It is an excellently done show, and is great for children, but still enjoyable for adults. I gave it a 10 out of 10, as it is one of the greatest shows, particularly animated shows, of all time. And our hate it comes from Animation Bro, who rated Rescue Rangers 4 out of 10 on January 19th, 2012, in a post titled, A Slightly Below Average Show. He wrote, Warning, Spoilers. Okay, I watched this show a lot as a kid, when it was on Toon Disney. At the time, it was a great show, and the little kid wouldn't care about the flaws of this series. The show itself is not up to the standard of the typical Disney film, which is to be expected from TV animation, but it could have been at least up to standard to The Great Mouse Detective, released a few years prior. The character designs are highly inconsistent. For instance, Monterey Jack, sometimes he's just a little bigger than Chippendale. Other times he's big enough to actually fight Big Cat. Then there's the character writing in and of itself that is never consistent. Gadget is the worst offender. She's sometimes a socially awkward genius to a more normal female, all the way to a teen mom depending on the writer. Chip is a very close second in this regard, as he can be the leader, a complete suck-up to Gadget, and even actually thinks his novels are a guide to solving cases. But I think the worst parts of the series are the actual episodes. What could have been a decent show about animals fighting crime has numerous episodes that have ham-fisted morals about things like cults and violence. Add this to some recycled plots with writing done by anyone leads to this inconsistent show. If you want a show that does everything CDRR fails to do, try SWAT Cats. I gave it a four-star rating because even if it is flawed, it isn't too bad for the kids if you have old tapes or have downloaded the episodes already. But it deserves a low rating in my book, due just to being too inconsistent and poorly made considering the praise it's getting in, in today's standards. And now our love it or hate it for Gummy Bears. Our Gummy Bears Love It was written by Julia Arsenault, Ja Kitty, 71, who rated the show 10 out of 10 on June 19th, 2016, in a post titled, Disney's Fantasy Series. She said, I love this series from Disney, and also, fantasy is my top genre, and since it was made in 1985, I'm starting to love movies and series that are made in my birth year. My favorite characters from the show are Sunny Gummy, 
the teenage gummy girl, Kevin and Princess Kella. I think they're a cute couple. I also love Aquarian the mermaid, the first real mermaid before the Little Mermaid's Ariel. She only appeared in one episode called Waterway to Go and is Gusto's The Artistic Gummy Bear's love interest. Overall, I love this show. It is another Disney fantasy, and you know, I love the sound of Noelle North's voice when she does the voice of Princess Kala. She almost sounds English. English English. And there's not really a hater for Gummy Bear, so here's a post titled, This is Great, written by Arnhem on October 29th, 2000. It says, Could a cartoon be more interesting? I remember watching this as a kid. And I was thrilled by the bears, and of course a little frightened by the ogres. This is a must-see for cartoon fans. By the way, if anyone knows where I can buy the series on DVD or VHS, please let me know. Thanks. Oh, Bobby, perfect. As always, you have helped me get back my gummy berry mojo. That probably came off real weird. No, it's definitely perfect. I want to see... We've talked about animating Bobby Anthem in the past. I want to see Bobby Anthem as a gummy bear. I want to see... I want Two things. Bobby Anthem animated in a Scooby-Doo style, and I want yeah. Bobby Anthem animated in a Disney style. And this is not a knock on your name, Bobby, but your name already kind of fits the gummy convention. Oh, kinda. fuck. Bobby. Bobby Gummy. Bobby Gummy. If you're not happy with that, let me know and I'll take it back. But I think it fits pretty well. Perfect. Moving on. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, Allison. As always, where can the folks find you out there if they are so inclined to do so? So I am the TV editor of Collider.com. You can find me there or on Twitter at KeenTV. That's K-E-E-N-E-T-V. Fantastic. Thanks again for joining us. As always, we hope yes. to see you again in the near future for more cartoonifications. Thank you for having me. Sean, buddy, what's going on with you? Guys, as always, I do live improv comedy in Washington, D.C. with a group that is called Knox. That's N-O-X exclamation point. We perform with Washington Improv Theater. You can find tickets and times with DC.org. And I'm always on the twits and the grams at Sean Paul Ellis. It doesn't even phase me anymore. Yeah. It's just words. Just worn you down at just this point. Word salad. What are you up to? You, you can find me on Twitter as well at Dr. Claw MD. You can also find me on Collider.com, Nerdist.com, and DaveDrumboard.com. If you want to find more about this little show right here, we'd love it if you head on over to Saturday Morning Cartoons slash Patreon. That's wrong. <laughs> head on over to Patreon.com slash Saturday Morning Cartoons. That's morning with a U. You can also find us on Saturday Morning Cartoons. Check us out on Twitter at Morning Tunes. Follow Sean's handiwork on our Instagram page. Keep that conversation going on Facebook. And listen to our free audio podcast each and every week from YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. As always, if you want to be super cool like William and some other awesome folks who have been reaching out to us through Gmail, you can do so SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. We love the conversations with you guys, and we get to share in a lot of your fun stories and nostalgic offerings. So keep them coming, and we will keep bringing you this podcast each and every week, as long as I don't collapse from <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining us for round three of Disney Madness. One week left. Oh boy, let's see if we make it. Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Hey everybody, thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out.